New on Curiosity Stream. From time to time, we have collisions between asteroids and the Earth. We track them. We study them. We hope the big one never comes. Don't look up. It's Asteroid Rush. And alligators. They rarely get sick. They even outlasted the dinosaurs. Could they hold the secret to human longevity? Their blood could have antibacterial applications. Wade into the investigation on immortal alligators. Watch now on Curiosity Stream. Annual plans are $20, just $1.67 a month. Visit CuriosityStream.com. Keep your car looking its absolute best year-round with 303 Cleaners and Protectants. 303's revolutionary graphene nanospray coating gives you professional protection in a simple, easy-to-use formula. It will keep your car's paint protected for up to 12 months and give an insane level of depth and gloss. You can also use their brand-new 303 graphene detailer to boost protection, slickness, and shine throughout the year. It can even be used for quick cleanups of light dust and fingerprints in between washes. For a one-two punch to keep your car licking its best, look no further than 303's line of graphene products. 303 Graphene Nano Spray Coating to protect and 303 Graphene Detailer to boost protection, slickness, and shine. Both products are available now at Advanced Auto Parts, AutoZone, and select Walmart locations. Visit 303radio.com for more information. Bradford Show. That's my open? That's what they used to call me, Swivel Hit Bradford. That's my open. I'm okay. waiting for you to so justify what? your stupid opinion. Bradford Show. That's delicious. Off-season Bradford Show, special edition. We have a guest. We have a guest, Gabrielle Starr, Girl of the Game. Which, you know, Gabrielle... Thanks for coming down, first of all, to Thanks the Bradford Show Studios. Me. Aren't these elaborate studios? So beautiful. They, so Boston. So, I mean, see, this usually is not in this studio. But we're doing this from the – because you are here, we, we, we basically came into the big studio, the big podcast studio, because this is a big podcast. So first off-season podcast of the season, of the off-season. And I want to remind everyone, subscribe. Leave a really, really good review. Even if you don't mean it, leave a really, really good review. Brad Show, Lord Hobo, we're going to be doing all kinds of stuff with them as well. So good times ahead. And I'm excited. I'm excited that you're here. Girl, we, we want to push the blog. Girl of the Game, right? Yeah, right? girlofthegame.com. Okay. All right. Gabrielle Starr, and you're from, you basically grew up in the shadows of Fenway Park. And I'm going to go through this really quick. Ready? This is like the bumper sticker version of Gabrielle, okay? All right. You know a ton about baseball. You blog about baseball. You started the Girl of the Game blog about two years ago, correct? Yes, to all three. (laughs) Okay. I'm three for three. Um, You know more about baseball than most people, and you are opinionated, as we talked about earlier. You have intelligent opinions. Is that right? (laughs) Well, what do we call them today? Educated rants. Yeah, yes, sure. <laughs> educated rants, okay? You have educated rants, which is what we are looking for. And I got to be honest with you, like, that's what I, I, we talked a little bit today about it. And this is what I, I think this podcast needs. Not that I can't rant uh, somewhat intelligently, I guess, by myself. You definitely. Can. I don't want to do it, though. You, you, you're, no one you, wants you to talk to, to themselves for an hour. Well, some people do, though. Do you let you listen to podcasts? I do, yeah. Which ones do you listen to? Well, I listen to yours. <laughs> Today you did. Yes. No, always. But, but okay, Section 10, right? You, Section 10. Um, I mean, I don't really, I mean, there's not a lot of time in the day when you add up like episodes and episodes and episodes. Yeah. Especially when what I'm watching like? baseball so, every day. This is day. why I ask Steve Peral of Section 10 every yeah. time he comes on. We, we have a good time talking about podcasts because I do find it interesting what you like about them. Like what you like. When you hear a podcast, what do you like? Like, what do you, you're saying, I hope this has this, or this is the reason I keep coming back to this. So I like um, the girls on Shit Talk from Barstools. Yeah. Schnit Talk. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they, they give really good advice, and when I was single, I would listen to them. And um, then there's this other one, it's like Stuff You Missed in History Class. And they tell unique stories in history. Okay. The guy, Charles Adams, who created the and Adams Charles Family. Charles Adams, did he talk to himself? 
by he, himself? He didn't, but he created Morticia Adams, so there was cl- clearly something creepy going on in his head that he created yeah. America's cutest, spookiest family. I think so. I think that, like, you have to have that mindset where you, you're all right with talking to yourself. I mean, because that's all it is. It's, I've, listen, I've done it on this podcast. I've yeah. talked. It's like, blah, 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 blah. When I get the coveted, whatever, 6 o'clock on Saturday night shift on the radio, it's no one's calling. So you're like, blah, 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 blah. And it's fine. It's fine. But I'd much rather talk to you. I'd much rather talk to have a conversation with someone who knows what they're talking about, maybe has a little bit different perspective of things. Um, and so that's why I'm happy you're here. I'm very happy to be here. I think it all comes down to the whole idea of people needing to be comfortable being alone. Yeah. And then, you know, you also can be with other people, but you should be comfortable being alone. You don't have to be. But I feel like I feel like most of us now, it's we revert to something else, like looking at our phone. We can't just sit with our own words or our own thoughts. And so it's, it is an important exercise, kind of like a muscle you got to work I also, I got to be perfectly honest with you, and this comes back to, we talk about interviewing players, and, and for this podcast, it's 80% of the time, it's, it has to be interesting people. Like, the, you know, this can't just be, you're a player, sometimes it has to be this way, you're a player, so you're on the podcast, and okay, great. Or you're a writer. You're right. You're in the press box. You're at a game. So you are on the podcast. It can't be that way, Gabrielle. You know, it can't be that way. Like it has to be to me. Like why you're going to lose your audience if it's like if it's not interesting. Yeah, it would be too formulaic, and then you Isn't kinda, it? you know what to expect. You kind of want to hit them with the pitch they're not yeah, expecting. Yeah, so hit, so hit me with a pitch. Hit me with the thing that is like is the so wicked we, kn- knuckleball, right? <laughs> yes, exactly, exactly. So, 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 you know, we were talking on the phone today. So, in case I'll just give you because we want to keep it real. Like, I saw your blog, Girl the Game. I saw you on social media. You clearly know what you're talking about. You write very well. You went to Columbia and Harvard, as I as I learned later. And I always <laughs> like and I, I always like people who are intelligent. So I'm calling you intelligent, even though I barely know you and and. I don't Thank know if, you. Just, just because of the schools you went to, but I'll take that leap of faith. Um, but so we're talking and we brought something up. I think I remember where I was on the highway when it came up because I'm, I'm like, oh, man, like she's she's railing about this. This is awesome. <laughs> and it was it was it was about like the marketing of Mike Trout. Oh, God. Yeah. Right. Yeah, no, I mean, don't, what did I say? Uh, I, all no, they know is me, he loves tell, weather. Say, yeah, no, say exactly what you, you. That's what I'm talking. Don't worry about this. Give me the same rant. Go. Oh, um, you know, Mike Trout's like pretty factually the best baseball player of his generation. You know, out outfield, offensively, defensively, he's just a machine. And you know, this side of the country. East of the Mississippi doesn't really know that much about him. Even until I moved to Los Angeles for two years, like I'd never really seen him play aside from like a couple clips. Like I heard his name, but it wasn't really in my brain. And then I went to my first Angels game and I was like, oh my God, this guy's insane. Like, how do people just not talk about him? And the problem is that he just purely loves baseball. And you know that because he signed an extension with the Angels. Well, that and come on, it's four hundred million dollars, right? But like, you know, the Yankees probably would have dumped Stanton next winter somewhere. He's comfortable and tried for Mike Trout, right? He's comfortable where he is on a team that doesn't really seem to have that many plans to contend in the future. Which means we might just end up with Mike Trout's twenty fourteen postseason as his. Well, okay, you talk about (laughs) plan, and this is going to morph. So, what we're going to talk about? I bury the lead in terms. I wanted to introduce Uh. you and Mike Trout and everything else, (laughs) but. What one of the things the main thing I wanted to talk about were was along those lines. As we sit here right now, it's Mookie Betts' birthday. He's probably out celebrating as we sit here right now, taping this. It is in the middle of his birthday party. But we're talking about Mookie Betts all the live long day on the in throughout the off season, throughout the season about his contract. But one of the things that's interesting about Mookie Betts is along the lines of what you talked about with Trout, right? Which They're very is different marketing. How are you? How how is Mookie Betts going to be marketed? Is he marketing himself enough? Does his name resonate with enough people? Um, I sat down with him in one of the podcasts I did with him, and and he talked about that. And you know, this is one of the things where 
when people look at Mookie Betts, is he going to resign here? And do people want to see him come or go? That's part of the conversation, isn't it? Is it like, hey, well, you know, he, he people don't care. I'm not saying people don't care, but some people say that. But well, people don't care because he hasn't left enough of an imprint. He doesn't have enough of a personality. He hasn't made people care enough. Or, yeah, of course people care. Look, it's Mookie. It's Mookie. You know, but to your Mike Trout example, this isn't Mike Trout. This isn't Mike. Mike Mookie Betts is not going to be like, hey, I just like it here. I just want to play baseball. Yeah. I think there's more to the whole Mookie Betts conversation. Well, you don't hear you don't hear Mike Trout going out the. You didn't hear him saying like baseball is a business. Like what we've been hearing from Mookie basically since last year when he turned down their extension offer, which in my opinion was a little bit low. Um, I think it was two hundred and twenty million. Well, that was two, yeah, it's two years ago. Was it not? Yeah. So here's the thing. Here's the thing that's interesting about that. He's in. He's basically. It might have been last year. But I'm pretty sure it was last year after we won the World yeah, Series. Yeah. They were like, "We'll give you 220 over seven or eight years." And he said, "I'm going to test free agent." That's when it came out that he's like, "I'm testing free agency," and he was very specific about and it. And he and so he says he said when I was talking to him in Texas, he said the hardest time that for him of not of pushing the emotions to the side and saying this is a business was this is why I got confused. The year before he went to arbitration, no, no, I'm sorry, two years ago, they made the first extension offer to him, which think about that. It's a lot of money. Like, so if they extend, if they extend Rafael Devers, it's going to be Bregman, $100 million. Here, Rafael Devers, 28, 22 years old, here's $100 million. And Mookie said, that's where I got together with my mom. I'm like, mom, we've never seen this much money. You know, I know you've said always, you know, don't deal in emotions, but this is tough. But they went through that. They went to arbitration. And then last year, after you so expertly pointed out, the he denies that. And then they, they settle on the $20 million a year. But it's not the same. It's, it's, but this has still been, like you said, it's all about business. This isn't Mike Trout, to come back to Mike Trout. I loved, I just love playing here in Los Angeles, and I don't care how I'm marketed. I don't care. Mike Trout kind of feels like Santa Claus to me a little bit. And that, like, sometimes you're like, he's really real. And, like, then other times you're like, there's no way he's real. <laughs> just because it's so rare nowadays to see a guy like that who will just choose where he's comfortable and where he's going to play baseball. And, like, that's what he wants. To the point where MLB has been scratching their heads about marketing him for years. And basically the most they can come up with is either, like, oh, my God, Trout did it again. Or here's Mike Trout. His hobby outside of baseball is weather. And other than that, like, they don't know how to market this guy because he just purely loves baseball. And then, you know, Mookie clearly loves baseball, but he's got all these other interests. He's a bowler. He's He plays other sports. Well, the, the weird thing— And is- he's flashy. You know, he's got the chains okay. and the outfits. Okay. Okay. Like, okay. he went up—he rolls up to the red carpets with, like, the peacock hats and all this stuff. <laughs> and that's so opposite of Trout. Mike Trout. I know Mike Trout does not have the peacock hat. He should. I mean, that's. He deserves one. Not that Mookie doesn't, but like, if there's any two players in baseball right now who should be strutting around like peacocks, it's those two. But they're just very different. Here's the thing, Gabrielle, is that you look at, you talk about those things with Mookie, the chain. He has a chain and the little thing that, you know, whatever. His little baseball good luck charm. And he has, um, he likes to wear shoes that stand out, which is a great thing, and baseball didn't allow it until a couple years ago. Um, I love and, those players' weekend cleats that he and J- yeah, JBJ yeah, did for their daughters. That, so, as a quick aside, but a couple of years ago, they didn't let players wear, uh, they had to wear 58% of their team's colors on their cleats, which is insane. So, but now you can wave in planes with their cleats. It's it's yeah. a whole different ball game. But Mookie, he has the name. He You said he's he's a flashy player. You said that, yeah. right? But it, but is that translating into what people say he's the marketable guy? Because why you say that, you still have the people screaming, ah. like David Price, well, they aren't marketing him enough. He's no, not I marketing mean, himself enough. I would say it's easier with him than with Trout. But it's still they're still not doing it right. I mean, who is not doing it right? He's not doing it right, or, or MLB's not doing it. I right? think it's like I think it's MLB, honestly, because it's on. An, I'm talking on a national level. I mean, anyone in this region knows who Mookie Betts is, and anyone who's like a you know a real baseball fan. But 
the numbers just came out, for example, for the tw- top 25 jerseys mm-hmm. that were sold this year, and Mookie was the only Red Sox player on that list. Mm-hmm. And it's like Judge and, you know. Yeah, but who else would be on it? I mean. That's the point. Is that, that And I, I'm with you. You would think maybe See? Sale. Uh, or somebody somebody who's been around longer than Mookie. Like yeah. Price has been on a couple teams, or Porcello. Not that Porcello was good this year, but you would think that talking, somebody with top more 20, name recognition. Top 20, 20, top 25. Top, I believe it was top 25 baseball, okay. like jersey names, that like so, top 25 selling jerseys. Right. But then you also have the opposite side of that, which is that you know Mookie basically went to the All-Star game this year on name recognition alone because if you were actually voting for Red Sox players who deserve to be there it would have been Xander and Devers and instead it was JD and Mookie right. which is the other side of that coin of we vote for the AL MVP Silver Slugger you know three-time gold glove batting champ Mookie Betts and we don't and, vote for and his name is Mookie 12 well and also his initials are MLB He's, Mar- he's Marcus Lynn Betts, which yeah. is my favorite thing. His <laughs> name is literally. Do you think that anybody, do you think 1% of baseball fans know that? Anyone I, who follows me knows it because I, I tweet it like at least I, okay, twice I, a year. I, 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 yeah. But other than those like 10,000 people know. <laughs> but you just rattled off like what he's done, his stats. And I do think there is something to be said for having the name Mookie. Mookie helps, right? Yeah. It's an identifiable name. But. But you can say all these things, but what are we hearing, Gabrielle? What are we hearing around here, which is he still isn't being marketed enough by and, – and he isn't – the other part about it is that people are saying he doesn't put himself out there. He isn't showing his personality enough. Do you, do you buy that? I mean, he definitely isn't one of those players on the field that, like, goes crazy. Like, when he hit that Grand Slam last year in 2018, the 13th, right, they point to that moment because it was so rare for him to show that emotion where he kind of, like, pumped his arm and was like, yes, after, what, like, 13, a 13-pitch at bat against half. And, you know, a lot of people, including, like, Dennis Eckersley, pointed to that moment and said that's the moment when we knew that they were winning the World Series because even Mookie... Like, that was the key part. Even Mookie was, like, hyped up. Yeah, which is – but that's not what people want to hear. But I I also think it's an interesting case with him because, you know, this year he struggled. And in 2017 he struggled. He even said – he's going to finish in the top ten in MVP voting. Of course he is. But – I hear you. But, you know, for – you say, like, by Mookie standards. Right, right. He'll tell you Like, 2016 he said, I think this is the best it's ever going to get for me. And people were kind of like, what? You're like by the way. Oh, Very well, there you go. But I, a lot of job. people were talking about that being like, what, dude, you're like 12 years old. What do you mean? This is the best it's ever going to get for you. And then the next year, the team was really lackluster. But I think the interesting thing is that 2018, in a weird way, his accomplishments might have actually kind of gotten lost in the shuffle of the fact that it was literally the best Red Sox team we've ever had. Mm-hmm. And so you kind of it's kind of a blur to the point where when they were preparing to come out with the 2018 World Series DVD, I wrote a piece and I was like, I wonder how they're even going to put every amazing aspect of this season into this movie. And then, of course, the movie was terrible. But they had so many different things that they could have talked about. And Mookie was just one of, you know, like David or David Price's redemption as sure. a postseason pitcher and Alex Cora being the first Hispanic manager. Well, and, and the fact that he didn't have, like, a tremendous his postseason, postseason wasn't moment. good right. he has like four career postseason rbis yeah. and he i was at that eight hour game the game three so you stayed for the whole thing i don't leave games early um unless it's like extenuating circumstances through. but he was like over 10 in that game yes and I and i was like it's like you know how they went through 800 Dodger dogs in the in the press box? They actually reopened the stands for food after, like, the 14th inning because people were getting – I mean, somebody got stabbed at Dodger State. A Red Sox fan oh, got that's stabbed. Right. That's right. Was that that game? I don't remember if it was that if game or the next night. Stabbed. Yeah, yeah. But I, there was a guy in our section who we got to the game, and it was, like, the first inning, and the irony was, like, it, you know, it's L.A. traffic. I was like, oh, my God, I'm going to be late. I was like, I'm going to miss my first Red Sox World Series game. And then I'm like, there for the rest of my life. But we get there, and this guy in our section's drunk. And he's, like, chirping Red Sox fan. He's, like, a Dodgers fan. But he's wearing a brand-new T-shirt from the team store with a tag still on it. So I was like, okay, bandwagon guy. That's cute. <laughs> You're wasted in chirping Red Sox fans who, aside from me, flew across the country for this. Like, okay. And by the, by the like, 
14th inning, basically, he was totally sober and apologizing for oh, his really? actions See? the earlier inning because he went from sober to wasted to sober in the span of not even the See, full game. who said that long baseball games don't have a purpose, right? <laughs> it's like, what other game, whatever glorious game could you ever have where it's so long where you can go through sobriety to drunkenness to sobriety? I mean, yeah. it's yeah. So anyway... Mookie did not have a good game. No, Mookie did not have a good but, postseason, and he's never had a good but postseason. I, I, sorry I derailed you. But the no, um, the in terms of being highlighted for that run, and and you're right. I mean, there was there was a million different things last year. And, yeah, okay, Mookie, MVP Mookie, but that's that's cool, and he's going to make a crap load of money, and that's fine. And it's his third gold glove. And, the other, I mean, but that's that's the thing to me is, you know, this season – Xander Endeavors and Erod stood out and Brandon Workman stood out so much more because the rest of the team was, quite frankly, comparatively to last year, trash. You know, you've got Erod who should have had 20 wins and you've got Brandon Workman who gave up one home run the entire season. Like it's the era of juice balls and he gave up one home run. Yeah. And then you've got Xander Endeavors, the first teammates in the history of the entire game of baseball to have like a 30 homer, 50 double season and it's like those things stand out to you because when I remember this season, those are the people that I'm going to remember. When you remember those championship seasons, they kind of boil down to just like a really happy, warm feeling and, you know, maybe like one or two great moments. But it's it's a lot harder, I feel like. And this, sounds, this is going to sound so obnoxious to all the non-Red Sox fans and be like, oh, like we have so many amazing postseasons. Uh-huh. We can't choose. But – you know, it's it's not like everyone's going to be David Ortiz hitting walk-offs off Mariano. Like, 2018 was so good, so consistently, so few injuries. Just, like, we blew everyone out of the water. There was never really a question. Are you a we person? Oh, what? Are you a we person? Oh, oh yeah, sometimes. Not okay. always, right, but sometimes. Right. It's okay. Listen, <laughs> we don't live in the same world. It's all good. It's all good. I go back and forth. Yeah. It's kind of like... IL and DL, like sometimes I'm like, it's the IL. And then sometimes I'm like, it really doesn't matter. It's, it's all good. Um, but yeah, you're right. It's that, and this is, this is, I guess what we're, we're boiling this down to is how are we defining Mookie? Not Mookie is the player. We know like even in his bad year, Mookie's a good player. It's really bad. Good he player. hit almost 300 yeah, this year. And yeah. his numbers had, were actually. I had, uh, <laughs> I had MVP votes and, and, you know, I'm not going to give out you my order, but. It's. I had to put the three Red Sox in the top ten. I had to. I mean, there's. It was like, what am I going to do? Put, you know, I can't vote Matt Chapman, who's hitting whatever he is, like mid two hundreds. I can't do that. Off he was two ninety five this year. You know, and I'm not just. So anyway, um, so what are we? What are we defining Mookie Betts at? And to come back to sort of the, the conversation about marketing, is that. Some people, I had this argument with Mud on the radio the other night. It's like people aren't gonna, people aren't gonna, they don't care enough that Mookie is gonna be traded. They don't care because you know he's saying it's only a business. It's only a business. He isn't. He isn't showing his personality enough. And if he gets traded, people just won't care. I don't know. I mean, I think that people will. And I, and I'm not talking about like being a good player or not being a good player. I'm about, about like enjoying a guy being around. And I I honestly, Gabrielle, don't think that Mookie's helped himself a lot because you go through like I have had great conversations with him. We we once a year, usually around June first, we have twenty twenty eight minutes on the dot the podcast, and you get him for that long. He's usually going to talk, and we're going to have a good conversation. But especially when it comes to basketball, he'll talk about basketball <laughs> all the live long day. And but after games, and you've seen the video, the, you've seen the quotes or whatever. After games, he doesn't try very hard to be interesting. And he's not the only one in there, but he doesn't try very hard to be interesting. And I think that's the thing that sort of I don't want to say comes back to bite him, but helps form the opinion that Mutt had surfaced. Yeah, I mean. I think it's really hard here. Obviously, I'm not an athlete and haven't been since, like, junior high. And even then was not remotely Come good on. at anything. Don't sell yourself short. JV softball. Really? Yeah. Oh, good for you. Mm-hmm. Only because they wouldn't let me pitch boys baseball. Did you try? Yeah. And I was good. 
but my school was a Jewish private school, and they were like, boys play baseball and girls play softball. Anyway, <laughs> which wouldn't fly in 2019, but that was like 20, 2006, I guess. I don't know. Um, I'm old. Anyway, <laughs> the, I, just, I, I think. By the way, before you go on, <laughs> you just said, you said, you said you're old. So did you see that picture I tweeted out today? No, I haven't. Been, I've been running no, around okay. all day. I don't. That's, There's that no survey. You want to go me and say, oh, do you see that picture? You t- I Usually I see everything you tweet. Yeah, actually. well, this one was. Uh, so, you know, Chris Cotillo. Yeah, of course. Yeah, of course. I, <laughs> like, what, his ego is already too big. Come oh, on, God. come on, reel it in. <laughs> Um, no, I don't know him. <laughs> yes, there you go. Thank you. So Chris Chris is 23 years old. Yeah. He's a beat writer for Mass Live. Mm-hmm. He was at the airport today, and he sees Bill Murray. And and he's like, I got to take a selfie. Because, like, Chris, it's, I, I'm sort of the same mind. You take a selfie if you see, you know, if you can. Certain people, yeah, you have yeah. to. So I did my failed selfie attempt with Joseph Gordon-Levitt in Toronto. Oh. That was really embarrassing. Like, his family came down and sat with me. And he did, and then he went off with his little kid, so I ended up talking to his wife and his mother. But I'm like, I got to do the selfie thing. So this is in Toronto Airport. And I, so I'm like, hey, thanks. It was really nice talking with you, and he's nice enough. He's like, can I take a picture? And he's like, no, not here. I'm like, oh, man, what a dagger. Anyway, uh, so Cotillo takes a picture with Bill Murray. All right, so keep in mind, it's, I'm showing you this. 23 years old, that's him with Bill Murray. Oh, my God. Okay. That's Bill Why Murray. Does Bill Murray look like everyone's grandfather? He's sixty-nine years old now. All right. Now, this is nineteen ninety-three. So, what is that? Here, I was born. Is it okay? Nineteen ninety-three. <laughs> the all. So, you were not at the at the All Star game at Camden Yards with me. No. And this was like my first year out of college. And so, keep in mind that was Chris Cotillo with Bill Murray. Here is nineteen ninety-three. Oh, my God. Yeah. Did, tell me you put those side by side, or did you just I do did. yours? I did, no. Yeah, I, I, so there you go. Oh so circle God. of life. So Bill Murray posing with 23-year-old Chris Cotillo. Bill Murray posing with, I was almost 23. I can 22. hear the circle of life in my head, and Bill Murray is Rafiki. He is, he is <laughs> Rafiki, right? But you know what was amazing about this selfie, and when we put up this podcast, I'll make sure to tweet this out once for the millionth time, but... <laughs> It was it was done. I'm going to show it to you again so you can fully appreciate this. He took the selfie with me. I was going to say it looks like his arm is the one that's. Outstretched. He took the selfie with me and Gabrielle disposable camera. Dis- Technically, Bill Murray has a selfie with you. Not you have a selfie yes, with Bill Murray. Exactly. It's him taking the photo. Yeah, and that's and, important and you're like, to by know. By the way, you're looking at me like, what has happened to you? This is what's fortunate. Oh God! It's so. I mean, I aged like. I tweeted out, I was like, I'm charging the Red Sox for Botox this coming year. I'm going to start getting Botox. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's, well, I, I, you can do anything you want. But it's, but this is this is what happens to sports writers. That's Chris Cotillo <laughs> is going to find out. But it's, so Bill Murray took the, took the disposable camera. So I, I walk up to him on the field. I say, hey, can I get a picture? He takes the disposable camera. And again, this is a disposable camera. This is a cardboard box. And he takes it, puts me in a headlock, and just takes it. I think it may have been the first selfie ever. I, I think it could have been. I, ha- I have to dispute you on that, oh, unfortunately, really? because <laughs> my parents got engaged in, like, 1987, and they took a selfie with some kind of camera. And they have the <laughs> selfie from, like, the minute they got engaged. And I didn't put it together until, like, a couple years. I was, like, looking through an album. I was like, Mom, is this a selfie? And she goes, yeah, it's from the day we got engaged. I was like, you took a selfie in the eighties. Did it come out? Did it come out normal? Because you can't see it's it with really, all the cameras. You it's can't, really cute. I don't believe that. It's a little. I bl- I'm gonna find it. I'll send it to you. My tweet of the day about my parents was actually a photo of a T-shirt from when my dad went. My dad's a rabbi, and he yeah. went. He went to Soviet Russia to help Jewish refugees, and they were like, "Okay, but don't go to this place, this place, and this place." So what does my dad do? He goes to all those places, and he gets detained by the KGB. He did. <laughs> So I tweeted a picture of this shirt that says, like, free Soviet Jews. And I was like, my dad got detained by the KGB, and all I got was this Did he go to jail or something? 
he got like questioned. I don't really remember the story. He like he's always like it's not really a big deal. They just detained me and questioned me and scared the crap out of but me. You, you, and you've then been he's detained by the KGB. Right. How many people can say that? And then he's Probably like lot, he was like held for a while. Man. I guess I don't know. It was like really funny. He like really downplays it. My mom's like it was really bad. Oh yeah. My dad's like it wasn't what, that was bad. That? What year was that? Were you alive? No, I was not. Oh. There's no way if I'm alive when my, when I was born. My mom told my dad he wasn't allowed to shave his beard anymore because the baby wouldn't recognize him and he hasn't shaved in like 25 years yeah so like there's no way she's letting him go to soviet russia did you know so (laughs) did you know that you know brian o'halloran one of the uh gm candidate or whatever people who are running the red Sox now he was he was in the republic of georgia um working before this is before he worked for the red Sox. And they had a revolution, and he was the last American out of the Republic of Georgia. It's quite the interesting So you, your dad, change. and Brian O'Halloran, it's we'll talking about circle of life. Because my dad's actually the next Red Sox GM. Maybe. I mean, why not? There'll Everybody, be kosher food everywhere. We, 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 <laughs> what's wrong with that? We, they're ca- they said they're casting a wide net. So there you go. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, anyway. So anyway, <laughs> with, with, you know, so with I guess I, I do want to sort of like tie this Mookie thing up. And in terms of the marketing, again, we know he's a good player. We know that he's going to make a ton of money. But it's will the perception of Mookie Betts change? And my answer to that is no, and I don't think it needs to. Like, I've, I come away talk with Mookie, and I'm like, listen, some people might not like the way that he's approaching this with the business thing or I'm going to do my thing. I'm going to be my own person. I'm not going to like be someone I'm not. But that's, hey, that's how it is, man. Like with baseball, Porcello said that to me about long baseball games. He's like, people want to change the game. Either you like baseball or you don't. Right. Right? That's what I always Either say you too. Like um, you're, you're not, not. You're not going to get, <laughs> if somebody, this is what I've been saying about like, you know, the new three batter minimum that's coming up next year, yeah, which it's like, very exciting. I can like, I've gone on literal rants about it for, like, tweets on end. But my basic point is, like, if a person doesn't like baseball, they're not going to be like, ooh, the three batter minimum, this changes everything for me, and, like, suddenly love baseball. Like, because they're not going to see that it makes a difference to the game they already don't care about. Yeah. And with Mookie, I mean, I've always kind of been like, he's really, really great. But I think, first of all, we're all spoiled because we all have had David Ortiz for a really long time. And so basically, like, next to David Ortiz and Pedro, well, he's gonna, yeah, and he's you know, you're kind of one of those guys. Right. Uh, but we're all kind of just like, well, Poppy retired and, and we just, like, hold everyone to his offensive standard, which is unfair, but we all do it. And with Mookie, I think the biggest thing is the media here is really voracious and kind of like we are voracious right like just kind of like the miss like pac-man just like it's not like honestly it's not that bad it's not i mean if ted williams was still alive he would throw his frozen head at you like (laughs) he (laughs) and we would catch it and and we would have a nice volleyball i mean it's not that bad it's not that I'm telling you, you but, it's not that bad. But do you think that after like the games that they played this season and how frustrated they are that like the last thing they want to do they is they like make be- them, they make yeah. well, this is see, see I'm glad that you are here, okay? <laughs> I'm glad you are here. Okay. So I, I I cut you off. So you said you do you think that some of the frustrating game I'm paraphrasing. Do you think after some the games of the where I wanted games? to jump off a bridge? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and would they? What were you going to say? Did they, did they want to answer those questions? Well, I just think at a certain point, you know, you can ask them the same question over and over again. But if you're expecting the, the like a different answer, they're not going to have one. And so it's like, well, you're not getting what you want. They're not okay, getting what so they want. Okay. So give me an example. So you know, like, like with with Rick Porcello, like the guy could not pitch this year. Right. And. Like, if he had a solution, like, right. if he had, a, like, a legitimate answer, don't you think he would be like... But he never... See, Porcello got it. Because you're right. We're asking the same question. Right. But we have to. Because you have of to... Of course. It's not to. like you can't. But, like, they're doing their job. You're doing your right. job. He never rolled his eyes. And he just... he he If he had to say, I suck, like, ten times in a row, he would say it. Are you saying Mookie ever rolled his eyes at you? He's rolled his eyes before. Mm-hmm. At me? Like or just plural the media in the clubhouse. It, it's, 
a version of rolling his eyes. Like, I don't think, I think there's times where Mookie understands the deal after games, but I think that there's, there's, he's not, he doesn't go out of his way to, to like, I've always said this about Mike Lowell, who I wrote a book with. You know, it's like Mike Lowell was the absolute best of saying the exact right thing at the exact right time and saying it in a way that you just like, here's the quote, here's the story. Just put Copy it and there. paste, yeah. He understood the importance of that. Like, and maybe some people say there isn't an importance to that. But, like, that's just not Mookie's thing. I'll come back to what I said about Mookie. That's cool. Like, I don't – that's fine. Like, I don't care. Like, but I'm just saying, like, like when you say – and I wasn't even bringing Mookie into it. When you say, "Oh, you know, these guys they they have a, you know, they have a tough season," so what are they supposed to do? Well, what they're supposed to do is, you know, make a lot of money and play the game of baseball. And hey, this is when this is you know as well as anybody living growing up around this area. Boston's great. When you win, it's the best. When you lose, it's the worst. That's the deal, right? Yeah, I just think, you know. After the last 15 years, nothing's ever going to be good enough for us. Well, I mean, we're going to have to win 140 games. But, you hit, but did you even feel that way last year? You mean this past season or well, the no, season No, no, no. So you're saying after 2018, nothing's ever going to be good enough. I actually have felt that way since 2004. I disagree. Why do you disagree? Well, I don't disagree that you didn't feel that way. You <laughs> feel whatever way <laughs> do you, you disagree want. since 2004? No, because I think that there's, there's these – there'll be this year – like 2013, where it's out of nowhere. Like, you, people forget. Like, they would go into that year, and it's this hopeless... Random bunch of free agents. Right, exactly. Yeah. And all of a sudden, it takes a while to buy into them, because it did. It took that, like, August. But then when you bought into them, I'm like, oh, my goodness, what a nice surprise this is. That's how people felt. I didn't care. I mean, I I guess I should rephrase. I 2004, I would say... the problem with the lot not the problem but like the unfortunate side effect of the most amazing last 15 years is that we've had kind of one of each when it comes to our postseasons like we had the miraculous comeback in 04 like reversing the curse destroying the yankees like finally winning um then we had 2007 which like compared to the others kind of like just like that bland like oh we were just really good and yeah. nobody else was good enough yeah, yeah. and then and josh beckett but like the other other than that it's like okay whatever yeah uh 2013 which was like just like healing the entire city and then last year where we were just like the best team in franchise history yes. but combined you know we kind of got like a little bit of everything in the last 15 years and so it's like okay well what are we there's always something there's new. always something but it's like yeah, this, this I don't know. I it's new. just I can't conceive. You know what's going to be of, something new? Oh when Tom Brady retires, I'm, I'm not even joking. and becomes a baseball player no, like no, Michael no, Jordan. No, 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 no. <laughs> I'm not even joking. Like they're because the Patriots swallow up like they did last year. They did. They 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 swallow up a big part of the attention that normally would go to the Red Sox. They do. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, and. So it'll also be interesting to see if they can win. I mean, my whole thing was I wonder if we'll ever win a World Series without David Ortiz because now it's like, can you ever win a World Series without Mookie Betts and JD Martinez? Apparently, you can because we basically did last year. Oh, well, look at you! <laughs> look at you. Wow. I mean, they like they're homering in Game Five of last year. I was like, uh huh, welcome. Yeah, congratulations. You got to get to the hundred. Of wins. course, I mean it's it's very it's a very symbiotic thing of like you know people always say well like wins in April aren't as important. I'm like, really? Because we fell behind in a giant hole the you first week of the season and we never yeah, climbed you know out of it. also you... important? The eight-game losing streak right when the Rays and the Yankees were winning. Anyway, uh, before we get to the last segment of this excellent podcast, which is <laughs> me going through uh, highlighting my Sunday baseball column just because I want to, um, <laughs> but uh, Mookie Betts, back or not? What do you think is going to happen with Mookie Betts, Gabrielle? I think they should keep him. I think he's a guy you build around. And pay him the money. And you pay him. But I think if they don't reasonably think that he's going to stay, like if they're not planning on really ponying up, like if they don't say, okay, what's your if number? They do the, the fake John Lester contract. Right. Yeah. But if they're, if they're, if like he says, I want 350 and they're not like prepared to give him 350, mm-hmm. they got to trade him now because having him as dead weight, all you end up doing is wasting. 
the opportunity to get a huge return on one of the best players in baseball. Or a return. Or any return. Yes. Like you got to try, but I think that if they are going to trade him, they need to play hardball with whatever teams they're they're going for because you can't like give up Mookie and get like two minor league prospects yeah, yeah, yeah. and like $12 million. Like that's ridiculous. I you have at, to get I look at, something. Yeah, and I look at it. Like an entire I, new bullpen. <laughs> no, they're bullpen. They're, that's one thing they're not going to spend like penny one on this year. Mm-hmm. Bullpen. Um, <laughs> but sorry. Brandon Workman can stay. Okay. <laughs> wow. That's it. You're so generous. Um, I have more blown saves than dollars in my wallet. <laughs> so. <laughs> um, so I agree with you. And I think it's pretty simple. And I, I think that Mookie has already sort of presented the blueprint for this, which is, to your point, here's the number. This is it. Here's the number. I mean, There's he, no way they don't know forget, what number he no, wants. People, well, he, he said this in this conversation I mentioned in Texas before. He said in part of his, his what he said was, my agents and I have gone through this starting at the beginning of the year. They know. They know the number. And you know what? They knew the number last year when he agreed to $20 million. And they met it. So here's the number. It's not that different. Here's the number. that was Last year it was $20 million. This year it's $350 million, whatever it is. Here's the number. If you don't take it to what you said, move on. See but you, what can't you, do, you can't do nothing. It can't be like – next season can't be like a lame duck season the way this season – I mean, they, they basically decided in July. They're like, all right, well, we're throwing this season in the trash. Like, it's not happening. We're not upgrading at yeah, the we're, deadline. We're not trading anybody. We're just going to like – Sit this one out. And that's not fine. Like, it's infuriating. But you you kind of have to get it that they wanted to hit a reset button. But we're coming up on a new decade. And is it going to be the decade of Mookie Betts in Boston? Or is it going to be we kind of, like, splash around in the water? Decade of partly, Karen Duran in Boston. Right. Like, is it going to – I mean, look, we have Devers and Xander. And I'm so happy about that. Like, honestly, for me, that – that kind of makes it like, okay, well, like we can live with, maybe we can live without Mookie, but we shouldn't. We're the Red Sox. Like we're not some random team. We're the Boston Red Sox. We play for championships every year. We don't mess around. So By the way, you have become much more liberal with the Wees as yeah. the podcast has gone on. That's okay. Red Sox Nation. No, we yeah. all feel like it's our team. That's yeah, see, the thing. I'm not part of Red Sox Nation, but it's good. This is why you're here because yeah. I needed someone from Red Sox Nation. <laughs> um, but who also knows what they're talking about, someone who knows what they're talking about. All right, here we go. Here's the uh, – this is where I play the theme music for my – the Sunday baseball column, colon, how should we view J.D. Martinez. Mm. Um, you know, I call it the Sunday baseball column because I figure if you call it the something – then I know there's it's very others. official. It's very it's like the official one. We've paid the naming rights for it. Uh, so how should we view JD Martinez? In a nutshell, you know, I'm writing this and I'm trying to get my head around. Is he going to opt out? Is he going to opt out? He's I, opting out for sure. Yeah, he's he's opting out, and because number one, there's a very logical landing spot for him in Chicago. Number two, there are other possible landing spots for him in Texas and Toronto. Number three, there are more potential landing spots for him in the National League because the team that the Red Sox uh, beat out in the last bidding was a National League team in Arizona. And even though I can say, well, he's got a bad back and he's you wouldn't want to play him out in the outfield, Scott Boris can sell a team big enough because his numbers are that good that, okay, J.D. Martinez. So anyway, you agree with me. He's opting out. I, I mean, we got him for such a bargain, like, at, at first, I was like, okay, like, this is a lot of money. But then la- in 2018, I was like, oh, this is not a lot of money for this man. I mean, this he revolutionized. His impact extended beyond him. Because he was a perfect fit. He was for exactly what they needed. Right. Yes. I mean, we finished in 2017 before him. We finished last in the American League in home runs. Like, he was be- between his, like, studiousness and his actual personal contributions offensively. He was... The only thing that could patch the giant gaping hole left by David Ortiz. That's what we needed. Okay, so I agree with you. He has three years left, and it would cost – it basically pay him around just over $60 million. Yeah. Um, if you look at it that way and you're Scott Boris, you're saying, I can do better than that, and I'll give you the example. And I know it's a different market. 
Edwin Encarnacion, when he became a free agent, signed for three years at $60 million. He was older, and he wasn't as good a player. So I think that's he's opting out. Would you be disappointed? Like, okay, you know, you know J.D. Martinez is all the things that you said before. He moves on, and Encarnacion is there. Nelson Cruz, I think, is going to re-up with the Twins. Yeah, and he's, what, 30? Seven? Forty. Forty? Yeah. Yeah, no. I and he's know. he's also next level. He's like he's insanely good. I remember it was like last season. He had two three run homers against Stephen Wright in the same yes. game. Yes. Still won the game though. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Well that was that was another microcosm of two thousand eighteen so versus two thousand nineteen. But Encarnacion sits there. Would you be disappointed? So Encarnacion, you know, he's not the player or a hitter that JD Martinez is, but what, I tweeted this out, what baffled me was after Ortiz retired, Encarnacion makes a list of teams that he would want to prioritize. The Red Sox are one of them. The Red Sox make no offer. No, none. Okay, they go that year. They make they make their mistake. They sign J.D. Martinez. They win the World Series. This year comes around. They don't make the trade. Dave Dombrowski sits there and said, well, what, you know, no, we weren't even interested because – you know, we have Steve Pierce, and we already have that spot filled. We have Michael Chavis. When, in fact, when in fact, it was all about paying the $10 million. It was absolutely not wanting to pay more money because if that was the case, then he's, he was insane. Like, Encarnacion was leading the, the American League in home runs with 10, 20 home runs. What I want to ask you, would you be tremendously disappointed if they went down that route? Like if they sign, if they if JD Martinez left, say okay, well we're going to get this guy, and he's going to slot in with Xander Endeavors and and whoever else. My thing is, you can't, and this was my problem last year. You can't let a key part of your team leave, and then just like try and patch it together with some random other pieces, and and be like, oh, it's totally going to work. I mean, because that's what we did when we let Kimbrel and when they, like when Dombrowski's like, all right, I'm not keeping Kelly and Kimbrell. And that was fine with me because they're inconsistent. Kimbrell has been terrible this year. you say that about the sole member of the Bradford Show Hall of Fame, Joe (laughs) Kelly. Anyway, continue. I I mean, I'm just, you and I both know, he, three out of the last, three out of the regular season months (laughs) in 2018, he had an eight plus ERA. You're like, I'm not giving him 25. I don't care. I give him a trillion dollars he's a good Spag. he's like he's he was somebody a, he's in a, synagogue he, asked me about being gm oh. i said i said i'd give brock Holt a billion dollars and then i just was i was like and then i'd go go on vacation oh. <laughs> <laughs> so i'm not i'm not a good person to ask but that's my thing is you can't you know the socks said bye to kelly and kimbrell and then they didn't i mean colton brewer does not count as an attempt to replace craig no, kimbrell we, we, yes so if you're going to say goodbye to J.D. Martinez, which I'm okay with, if you're not saying, okay, we're going to say goodbye to him and then do absolutely so, nothing about Encarnacion it. So Encarnacion enough for you? I don't think so. But what, what else are you going to do? It's not uh, like- my thing is I think they should kind of actually make an effort to find a diamond in the rough. Stop giving big contracts to, like aging, to aging hitters. Start looking for David Ortiz on the Twins. You're not going to find David Ortiz, but the point is there are tons of players who aren't getting their time to shine where they are, who could be incredible, who are young and will sign for cheap. And, like, why are we going to give Encarnacion, you know, $20 million a year? We have bigger fish to fry. We need pitching. Well, you're not going to give him $20 million a year. You know what I'm saying? You're going to give him money. You're going to give him, yeah, yeah. I remember being 11 years old, and it was a Boston Globe piece that came out when we won the or 12 years old when we when they won the world series in 2004 and it came out and it was a graph of all the money that each of the players was making and i remember david ortiz 1.25 million dollars and little kid me goes whoo that's going to go up <laughs> my dad was like yeah <laughs> but that's the point you know you Devers, know, Xander, but, they weren't even looking for Xander when they found him. Like, make an effort. Here's, here's, a, here's, and this is, you're right. I'm, I'm totally with you. But when you go back to when Ortiz joined the team in 2003, it was a different time where you went into that season and you said, our combination first base position is going to be manned by a guy who got waived by the Minnesota Twins, um, Jeremy Giambi. 
who, who you know, he, all he had going for him was his last name, and Kevin Millar, who, you know, almost went to Japan and it <laughs> came from the Marlins. It was like, no, that's what they won. That was their trio of first base and DH. And people didn't care because it was 2003. And now this is why I, I'm agreeing with you in a long-winded way. But this is why they're in the trouble that they are now because they care too much about Chris Sale, the perception of Chris Sale. They care too much about the perception of Nathan Avaldi. They care too much about the perception of Steve Pierce. And and not that wasn't the sole reason, but it was a, just a different time. So when they go in and say, we need this guy because we expect to win if we can get under the luxury tax – they probably aren't going to take that road. Maybe they will because more and more teams are, and it's being accepted. The, look at the teams in the playoffs, the Rays. I mean, the Rays oh. are doing exactly what you – They're getting exactly chewed up by the Astros, but – Yeah, they won. They won. I mean, as we sit here, they won. All I know is if you're going to if you're gonna sit there and say to Red Sox Nation, you know, we're, we're aiming to get under the, the competitive balance threshold, like what, 208 or something, 210 – if you're going to do that, you can't – and they're like, oh, and by the way, we're also raising ticket prices. If, right, I, don't, I don't care about that. You don't care about that because you're not paying for I tickets. I, I, yeah. I also don't pay for tickets, but the number of people who know, are telling right. me I can't afford to but, take my kids to a game, they care. Right, they're right, mad. Right. They're like, so you're going to say goodbye to all our favorite players and you're going to charge me more to watch yeah, a crappy see, team? See, but I don't – see, I think that that's – I think that that is an easy – talking point because it's going to be like a one percent raise tickets are it's we've already the cart is whatever the, the horse is already out of the barn right the horse is already out of the barn in terms of it being expensive and if this team if their payroll was a hundred million dollars or something like that or even 150 <laughs> you'd be like what are you talking about you're raising ticket prices their payroll is still going to be over 200 million dollars so this is how to me like when you raise ticket prices one percent, it's a terrible look, Gabrielle. It's a terrible look for the reasons you said. But I can't get worked up over. It. That's me. That's just me because uh, I'm sitting eating the popcorn, right, the Dodger dogs in the press box. I guess. Yeah, and like uh, on occasion, I'm eating the free Dunkin' Donuts in the press box. Yeah. But and even when I'm not, like I'm I'm going to games for free. But I wouldn't be the person that I was if I didn't grow up going to Red Sox Red Sox games and. You think about all the kids whose parents say, "Sorry, we can't afford think, to take you to a Red I Sox think. I game." Think it's already done. And I'm like, I'm like, you. It's so Robin Hood, but they're Little John. I mean, they're Prince John, not Little John. They're Prince John. <laughs> they're, he's sitting there in his castle with giant bags of money, and all the little cute bunnies are starving in their hut. And and I'm like, this. You know, you say they're the best fans in baseball. They're not gonna be. If you treat them like crap for you know the next twenty years, just because you're rich and you don't care, I think this is another podcast. This is definitely this is another, podcast. another podcast. But all I'm saying is, you get creative. If you want to be cheap, I'm with you. get creative. Find someone good. That's how. That's how we got some of the best players in our history. That's how we got David Ortiz. Yeah, got creative. They, you, this is, and there's other examples of this. I mean, this is how you got. Xander Bogarts, they were looking at his brother. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's, there's a lot of examples of it, but there has to be an acceptance. It's You you almost have to do it under the radar, um, and unfortunately, this is over the radar right now. Every single move they make, they're going to be met with. When they do that, when they sign um, whoever, Gorky Hernandez, to replace Mookie hey, Betts. To be fair, that's an embarrassment. I don't know. <laughs> Did you know the story of how he got his first name? No, Gorkies? you no. didn't. Oh, it's, and clearly you didn't listen to any of the, the seventeen spring training broadcasts that God. I did. Uh, he got his first name because his his grandfather wanted to name his father after Maxim Gorky's, the Russian poet. Uh, Gorky's Park. Uh, his his mother, his grandmother wouldn't allow him to do it. So when his father had a kid, he took the advantage of or the opportunity to name his son Gorky's. Interesting. So there's it's no ML. Again, it's another, no it's no MLB. No, it's not. We've we've we have, we've closed the loop on 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 name um, name stories. And again, another podcast. But the thing, the thing, last thing on uh, my last thought on this is that you know you. It's the age of social media now, so people are going to say stuff about everything, and people in Boston, especially, have. I mean, we're like on another level. So when 
when social media existed, came into existence, it was like, oh, that's just feeding more monster juice to Frankenstein. Like, we, we were already the craziest fan base anyway. So social media only made us stronger. And you look at the 2018, remember 2018 opening day? How at the end, when the Sox won the World Series, they went back to all the tweets from 2018 on opening day, and they were like, it was like all these people being like, we lost game one of the season. Fire Cora, fire everybody, fire J.D. Martinez. This is terrible. Everything is, it's like, it's day one. So, you know, who cares? People are going to have an opinion no matter what. And what I've decided to start doing is like, you just hit the mute button and you move on and you do what you're going to do. And that's what the Red Sox should do. They, if they want to get creative and they want to be cheap, fine, but be smart about it and just make some move. And like, and if they don't pay off, guess what? Then you're not out a billion dollars because mm-hmm. you were smart and you were cheap and you took a risk. All right. Rafael Devers, Juan Soto, uh, Cunha Jr. or Torres? Devers. He's our I little knew, knew, he's, a, he's, he's our he's little a, baby nugget. Sox, what are you talking he's about? A, he's a member of the Red Sox. He's wee. No, I mean Soto's amazing. I've been watching him in the postseason. Like he I, I, my favorite thing was that he robbed Kershaw of that hit. And at the time in the game, it was the hardest hit ball the Dodgers had. And like poor Kershaw, you're like, oh no. He's, yeah, so I, I put up that Twitter poll. I just found it interesting. 57% people agree with you. 27 Acuna Jr. As long as Devers 100%. doesn't, you know, get a little Pablo Sandoval in the midsection. Nah, man. He's like, he'll he, be fine. He, he that's fine. one of the reasons he got good this year. I'm not lying. He, yeah. He lost a ton well, of weight. Well, you know, Poppy told him to lose weight. Oh, he's well, like, he's well, like, you got it. That must have been it then. No, but he's like, he's mentoring him and he's like, I think this kid's the future. So I've been giving him advice. And one of the things he said was, you got to eat well because otherwise you're going to get, he's like, you're going to yeah, get fat. He was. I remember seeing him <laughs> in spring training, like two spring trains ago. Yeah. And it was, and the weird thing was, not the weird thing, but the disturbing thing was, this might have been the first year in the major league clubhouse, had to have been. As spring training went along, by the end of it, like you think you lose weight. He gained, gained so weight. much weight, the MLB per diem, that Marcus Lynn bets per diem. You know, it's it was. The, I mean, I have minor league friends, and they're like, we pay per day, and then you get to the majors, and like they're just feeding you everything, and it's. Yeah, not good. It's not great. Anyway, you know what was good? Good job on this podcast. Did you have fun? Did you have fun? <laughs> I had so much fun. You did. All right, good. You do it again. <laughs> yeah, of course. All right, good. If yeah. you'll have me, of course. Yeah, of course. You're the you're the future of the Bradford show. Oh God. Much like like we we have to evolve. Like Major League Baseball has to evolve. We have to evolve. Girl at the game. You're gonna want to go there. This is good. It's like if I wasn't good, I wouldn't have read it. Thank you. Yeah, it's good. It's got that little alliterative yes. name to it. Do you too? feel like the name has helped. Yeah, I mean, I. How did you come up with the name? Well, it, it honestly popped into you my head. It, no, actually, it like popped into my head, and uh, and at first I was gonna name it, you know, Gabrielle at the game, because I said, okay, girl at the game, and I was like, well, maybe Gabrielle at the game. I was like, no, girl at the game, because I'm not the only one, and that's what people, I think, a lot of people don't realize is there are tons of people like me who live and die by their team and watch every game, and. I'm a freak, but there are lots of girls who love sports and they go to games and they just want to be like feel included and respected. And they just want to watch their team without, you know, having a guy come up to them and be like, oh, you like baseball? Who was the starting pitcher on, you know, September 7th, 1962 for the Mm. Dodgers? Like, I don't, you know, and I've had that happen to me, you know. A million times. Yeah, but you can answer. That's so. But I can't. You know, the second, a, the second you can't answer something, it's like, oh, that's because you're girl. I'm like, really? Because you, because I haven't memorized every starting pitcher for the last hundred years of MLB for every single team. Neither of you. Yeah. Can you answer your own question? I like it. I like Gabrielle because you have an edge. I like it. I like it. It's <laughs> a, and you did you feel like your edge come out as this podcast went on? You felt more comfortable. Yeah, I kind of always have my hackles raised a little bit. Yeah, well, that's good. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> you, gotta, you gotta have a. I gotta walk the line between. Why? 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 Because you sometimes, line sometimes people are to- It's totally innocuous, and then I'm like, I kind of, you know, jab a little bit. But who cares? I always tell people, you know, I'm. You have not lived. <laughs> I'm the nicest person you'll ever meet until I, you mess with me. That's good. That's what it is, Where, and pe- I feel like people. I pe- feel like people 
think I've been told otherwise, though, like you're intimidating and you come off kind of like a bitch. And I'm like, because I'm sick of being judged. That's because <laughs> clearly the Mookie Betts is being disrespected. Um, no, it's you were excellent. Excellent. Yeah. Excellent. <laughs> so uh, till next time. Um, and what do you want? What do you want to talk? What, what were we going to talk about? What we we said the next time it was uh, oh, ticket prices. Ticket prices, fan attendance. Okay, that's a stay tuned. Okay. All right, I'm Rob Bradford, Bradford Show. Remember, subscribe, rate, review only if you leave a good review. Go to Lord Hobo Brewing Company, Boom Sauce, my friends. New on Curiosity Stream. With my infrared drone, I can see what others can't. Drone pilot Doug Thrawn uses his bird's eye view for the ultimate good, saving animals from desperate situations around the globe. Join the rescue effort on a new season of Doug to the Rescue. And you captured a Confederate steamboat? We're taking the ship to freedom. An enslaved crew, a stolen vessel, and a Civil War dash to salvation on impossible escapes. Watch now on Curiosity Stream. Annual plans are $20, just $1.67 a month. Visit CuriosityStream.com. Keep your car looking its absolute best year-round with 303 Cleaners and Protectants. 303's revolutionary graphene nano-spray coating gives you professional protection in a simple, easy-to-use formula. It will keep your car's paint protected for up to 12 months and give an insane level of depth and gloss. You can also use their brand-new 303 graphene detailer to boost protection, slickness, and shine throughout the year. It can even be used for quick cleanups of light dust and fingerprints in between washes. For a one-two punch to keep your car licking its best, look no further than 303's line of graphene products. 303 Graphene Nano Spray Coating to protect and 303 Graphene Detailer to boost protection, slickness, and shine. Both products are available now at Advanced Auto Parts, AutoZone, and select Walmart locations. Visit 303radio.com for more information. Shady Rays is an independent sunglasses company that gives you the features of $200 sunglasses for a fraction of the price. That means high-visibility polarized lenses, well-constructed durable frames, and not to mention they replace lost and broken shades. Shady Rays includes lost or broken protection on every new pair purchased. They'll send you a brand new pair if you lose or break them, no matter what happened. See ShadyRays.com for details. Shady Rays offers free 30-day returns and exchanges so you can find the best fit for you. Try them, and if you don't love them, you'll pay nothing. It's as simple as that. Plus, 10 meals are donated to fight hunger in America with your order, adding to over 20 million meals donated to date. Exclusively for our listeners, head to ShadyRays.com MLB to get 50% off two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses. That's ShadyRays.com MLB for the best deal of the season. 50% off two or more pairs. And try for yourself the polarized sunglasses rated five stars by over 150,000 people.